that was a big surprise. French papers didn't see that coming at all, including Le Parisien. All their polls kind of got it wrong. This is Press Play, the podcast that explores the big issues and trends in the news media industry. Press Play is brought to you by industry body News Media Works. Head to newsmediaworks.com.au to check out the latest industry news, videos, and a range of resources for media and marketing professionals. Editorial opinion polls are a quintessential part of political reporting. But with the shock results around the world in 2016, readers have been left to question whether the polls are as accurate and important as presented in the media. This episode, I sat down with David Briggs from Galaxy Polling and National Affairs Editor for the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age, Mark Kenny, to discuss the polls' relevance to journalists, the public and everyone in between. I also had the chance to talk to Mark Malabone, Deputy Editor at The West Australian, to discuss how the polls are playing out in the reporting of the West Australian election, happening on the 11th of March. The year was 1928, when the US magazine Literary Digest decided to ask a sample of its readers who they planned to vote for in the next election. The magazine correctly predicted Hoover's win within 4%, and did the same four years later, predicting Roosevelt within 2 In 1936, the polling got a little out of hand. The magazine sent out 10 million mock ballots, and had 2.4 million returns predicted that Alf Landon would defeat Roosevelt by 14%. Unfortunately for the Literary Digest, when America went to the polls, Roosevelt won by a landslide, 61% to 31 It wasn't long until the magazine went out of business. The downfall of the Literary Digest is an important lesson. Readers have always had trust issues with electoral polling. As Australia watched on with the rest of the world to see the shock election of Donald Trump and Brexit, they were dismayed to see that the opinion polls wrongly predicted the outcome. But here in Australia, I was assured that we have nothing to worry about. In Australia, I think that the public has been very well served with opinion polls. That's the Managing Director of Galaxy Polling, David Briggs. He's been in the game of polls for over 25 years, previously holding the role of Managing Director at NewsPoll. There's, there's two points to really uh, emphasise here. The first is that uh, polls are not predictive. They can only ever be accurate for the moment in time that they're conducted. And so if there is a late swing, that is one of the things that can make a poll seem inaccurate. The second point is that when you draw a sample of respondents from any population, there will be a thing called sampling error. Sampling error isn't actually an error. Pollsters have to ensure that they are taking the opinion of a group of people that is representative of the general public. From age to location to income, a lot of elements are taken into account. Sampling error means that polls should be read with a margin of error of 3% either way, which is significant when the results are close. Now, to give you an example, if we draw a sample of 1,000 from the general population, then that should be accurate to within plus or minus 3%. And so uh, that is generally considered uh, sufficiently accurate. However, in some polls where the result is very close, uh, that 3% margin of error is probably more than the, than the difference between the parties and therefore uh, it would be technically possible to have uh, a result that uh, looks slightly wrong but realistically in sampling terms um, is, is, is close to the mark. Compulsory voting is an important point that differentiates Australia from other major democracies around the world. 
An advantage in Australia is that every person a pollster questions will be going to the polls, unlike in the UK and America, where voting is voluntary. Mark Kenny is a national affairs reporter for The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald, and he agreed that voluntary voting was an issue that caused concern in Australian readers. There was a feeling about that, for example, in both Brexit and, and the US with Trump, that the expectation that Britain would vote to stay in Europe um, led to a level of complacency. Similarly, the expectation that uh, Donald Trump was just unelectable, that, that Hillary Clinton was way out in front, um, and that, that expectation kept getting reinforced by, by polling, which was inaccurate, uh, that these things uh, led to a uh, complacency, uh, and that as a result of that non-compulsory uh, voting, people who supported, for example, staying in in Europe or supported uh, the, uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign uh, didn't get out and actually vote in enough numbers to make it happen and we, we know what uh, what occurred after that. I mean it's a very difficult thing to get an accurate snapshot of the electorate when people that you're surveying simply may not even cast a vote and uh, that seems to be a, a very a variable in those electorates that uh, isn't the case in Australia. Yeah, so Really, um, our polls have been pretty good compared to, to those ones, but uh, certainly the results in, um, in Britain and in the US have shaken people's confidence that uh, opinion polls in politics are accurate. The French presidential campaign is currently underway. Daily newspaper Le Parisien has decided not to commission opinion polls during this election. Here is a news report from France 24 English. I like the cartoon, it was a nice one, wasn't it? Now, in these uncertain times, um, that's what's driven Le Parisien, that's one of France's most popular newspapers, to make um, something of an unprecedented decision. I'm not sure about this, um, this Adele, is but really tell me incredible. what it's about first. So Le, Parisien, Le Parisien is one of the most famous, most popular newspapers here, and they're taking a break with opinion polls mm. uh, during the presidential campaign. Now, this, of course, comes in a very particular context. And you can see this article where they're explaining why they're taking a break from opinion polls. Well, you know, don't forget that we just had the big surprises of Brexit, mm -hmm. Donald Trump's election, and even François Fillon's election uh, as the candidate for the Conservative Party. That was a big surprise. French mm -hmm. papers didn't see that coming at all, including Le Parisien. All their polls kind of got it wrong. Uh, and so they say, look, we drew a lot of, we the media drew a lot of criticism for not seeing things coming, for not really understanding society. Mm -hmm. And so Le Parisien, aujourd'hui en France, says we're going to stop doing polls during the presidential campaign, and instead what we're going to do is focus on grass roots reporting, understanding France. Uh, and so what's interesting, though, is they say, we're not going to do polls, but we will report about other polls that yeah. have been done in the media. Yeah. Because it's a real question. You know, in the wake of all these things, should polls be carried out? Should they be carried out in a different mm. way? It's a debate. This is definitely an important decision. And one of the questions I put to journalist Mark Kenny, are opinion polls really necessary when reporting? Look, I think uh, on the question of whether there is something to be said for uh, what's what you might call qualitative uh, uh, surveying of uh, public attitudes versus the quantitative version, which is really polling, I think there's room for both, and there always ought to be both. So this is an approach that ought to be used always in journalism, in my view. We ought to have people out in the field. We, we certainly do that at Fairfax, sending uh, lots of people on the election campaign trail, and not always just with the leaders, 
um, out into uh, critical electorates, uh, into pubs and shopping centres and the like to, to find out what it is that people are, are doing. But they're not, these things aren't mutually doing and thinking. But these things aren't mutually exclusive. Um, you can get some very uh, interesting feedback from voters in that way, but you can also then marry that with uh, the quantitative research, that is the, uh, the statistical analysis of large numbers of voters. And if you observe the correct conventions, then I think you can, uh, you can really value it by having both. So trust in the polls is a real issue in 2017. I wanted to know how it appears in Australian media and what can be done to reinstill trust back into the Australian public. People tell you they're not interested in the polls. You hear it all the time from politicians and you hear it all the time or frequently from, from uh, people involved in the political game or from even from readers. But what we do know is that poll stories and the deconstruction of those polls, explanations by, by people who, uh, who do that for a job, such as myself, they rate very highly, and they do very strongly on our on our website. To know that I know that's the case for the News Corp as well. So there's a lot of uh, I think um, um, kind of ducks and drakes played here. People say they're not interested in the polls, but they read them. They read them very assiduously. Pollster David Briggs of Galaxy believe the editorial line of publications may have an impact on how the polls are received. I think that the the issue that we're seeing is that um, there is a desire for an outcome rather than a set of numbers. And uh, that, that's the problem when those results are pushed to that sort of uh, level. The problem then is that if the pollster was to say the result is too close to call, often the media are not very keen on that result because they want an outcome. And so that's when some of the pollsters will go that one step further and rather than leaving the result as being too close to call, will call a winner and uh, as I said, uh, often when those calls are made, there's only a 50% probability that they will be correct. Mark believes that this is not true. I think there is an issue here. I do think there... You, you asked me about whether uh, you know, readers are cynical, I suppose, whether readers can trust uh, what it is that they're being told by, by journalists who are reporting these polls. And as someone who uh, writes these poll stories uh, for, the, uh, for Fairfax uh, each month, and analyzes the results as well. I'm well aware of um, some level of cynicism about that. And as we were saying at the start of this conversation, I think some of that is um, is derived from uh, you know a lack of faith in the polls themselves, uh, arising out of things like Brexit and the uh, election of Donald Trump, you know, which seemed to be bombshells that weren't predicted. Uh, so that tends to wash over into and, and confirm what people already think about polls. There's also a suspicion on the part of some people that the polls in newspapers reflect the political leanings of those media organisations. So um, some people think that news poll might lean toward the Conservatives and that Fairfax might lean towards the Labor Green side in their polls. And neither of those two things are true. The question of confidence, public confidence in, in these polls, I think is a live one. It's an important one that we need to consider. But I myself believe that if those surveys are done properly, if the questions are, are asked in a way that isn't leading, uh, that genuinely seeks the sentiment of voters, and then uh, those, those uh, polls are, are properly treated in terms of the statistical weighting to make sure that there aren't too many people of one age group or, or whatever, and you've got the adequate sample size. If you observe all of those polling conventions, then I think you do get a very accurate snapshot 
of where public opinion is on a given political party, given candidate or a given issue. So far this episode, we've had a look at polling on a global scale. Closer to home, Western Australia is heading to the polls next weekend. I'm Mark Malabone, the Deputy Editor of the West Australian Newspaper. This week, I had the chance to speak to Mark Malabone to find out how the paper is utilising polling in the penultimate week of the state election. So um, how important have opinion polls been in how you've reported this election? Um, they are an important part um, of our um, of our reporting, um, uh, not not indispensable. Um, and uh, the way that we use opinion polls um, is uh, sparing. Um, so we don't poll um, we don't poll people, you know, uh, every month of every year, uh, regardless of the election cycle. But when an election is approaching, obviously we are as interested as anyone else is in uh, what the likely outcome of the election is going to be. And uh, an opinion poll is is as good way as any uh, to get some sort of gauge, uh, some sort of early indicator on the mood of the electorate. So during this election campaign, uh, we have um, conducted two opinion polls already this year, and we're just about to do a third. And we did three last year as we sort of approached uh, approached the election. So in the whole scheme of things, that's not a whole heap of opinion polling, um, but um, probably enough to, to give us an idea of what, what the mood of the electorate is. Is there anything you've done differently this year than in previous years? Uh, in the way that we've done our polling? Or reported um, your polling even? Um, look, not... I don't think we've done anything um, radically different. Um, we've always taken the opportunity when you do an opinion poll of not just asking people what who they're going to vote for, but also um, gauge their opinion on the big political issues of the day. Um, so we've obviously tailored our polling according to current events in Western Australia. Uh, and uh, we've also used it as an opportunity to um, drill down more into the One Nation um, vote, which is currently running at about, seems to be running at about 11%, to some, gauge some sort of idea about, um, you know, why it is that One Nation uh, uh, seem to be going through a great renaissance um, at the moment and an increase in their appeal. But, you know, that's what we've always done in the, in the past. We've just adapted adapted the polling to, to suit current conditions and, and ask questions that are relevant um, at the moment. Trust has seemed to be a big issue this year um, in light of results from, uh, from previous elections and worldwide issues around the world in 2016. Um, do you think trust has played a role in how you've reported during this election cycle? Um, like trust in the opinion polls? Trust in the polls and readers' trust in what they're reading. Um, look, well, you know, trust is trust is always has always been an issue and and always is an issue. 
yeah, it's it's certainly become bigger, um, you know, perhaps in the last year looking at global events. But um, on the issue of opinion polling, um, fortunately, in Australia at least, opinion polls have tended to be pretty accurate. Also, we don't have the same phenomenon as they do in some other countries like in the UK where people in the, in the UK, there's the phenomenon of the shy Tory where people are not comfortable often about admitting that they're going to vote for the Tories, for the Conservative Party. I think people generally um, feel they're able to give a truthful answer when they get polled and for that reason the polls seem to be pretty accurate. Now, if they turn out not to be, obviously we'll change all that. But for the time being, um, opinion polling in Australia seems to be pretty good. So how do you find your opinion poll stories actually do compared to other political stories posted? They do, they do as, well as, any other, as well as any other story. So um, they don't do as well as political scandals, of course because there's nothing, there's nothing terribly salacious in an opinion poll. But I think people are as interested as anyone in, um, you know, who, who looks like they've got their nose in front in, uh, in an election campaign. Um, the whole thing comes down to a bit of, a bit of sport in some, in some regards, and people like to know what the score is. And uh, clicking on a story about an opinion poll is your way of finding out you know how the two teams are are travelling at the moment. I think if you didn't if you didn't have them, it'd be like going to a football game and not being told what the result was until you got home. Wouldn't quite be as satisfying. So yeah, we find there's a lot, we find there's a big appetite for them. Okay, so um, when you send your reporters out, um, do you find there's a, a good split between quantitative reporting and qualitative reporting? So how important to your publication is the on the ground? talking to people and getting their that feeling of the electorate well you know what I, I wish I wish we were able to do more of it um, yeah I wish we were able to do a lot more of it um, we have made an effort to try to get out and um, get out to the electorates um, where we think the election will be won and lost um, and old-fashioned journalism talk talk to people um, talk to people who are going about their day and asking them who they're going to vote for and what are the issues that are that are important to them. Um, so we've done that on a seat-by-seat seat basis, um, but we've also um, done exercises that we've called... Well, one we've called the pub test, where we've literally gone to a pub and asked people what's important to them and who they're going to vote for. We've also come up with one we've published today. We've called it the park test and it's exactly the same thing, but we've gone down to, um, you know, a park where there's lots of um, young parents and, and, and ask them um, the same questions. So, you know, to some, to some degrees, you know, they're, they're no less or more important um, than polling, but you certainly get um, more colour, more explanation, um, and uh, you know more information from people about what's important to them. As I said, we, we've done it; we've put effort into it. I, I wish we could do more because, you know, as we've dem as, as um, you know, newspapers in uh, the United States found out last year, they weren't in tune enough 
with what the regular regular person was thinking and therefore they missed the result of their election. Um, of course, it's, it's pretty time consuming um, and for that reason, you don't always have um, enough reporters to be able to do enough of it um, that you would like. Um, but we've given it a pretty good whack um, with the resources that we've had and um, we've always found it really useful, really beneficial, um, produces good stories and produces good photographs. So it's it's an integral part of what we do. We'll continue to do it. Um, as I said, I just wish we could do it more. Great. You know, I, I really enjoy um, the, the colour stuff. And it's actually a newspaper in Paris that have actually gotten rid of all their opinion polls and have just focused on that on the ground reporting, which I think is really interesting. Well, that, and, and you know, they've obviously they've got their reasons for it. But when you when you think about it, when you think about an opinion poll is just a very a slightly more sophisticated version of going out and asking people. So really, this I don't think I don't think people should think of them as being like either or situation, um, because when you boil down to their very essence. I mean, opinion polls are just asking people what they think, but they produce a mathematical sort of result, which makes it look completely different from going out and asking a pub full of people what they think. But when you think about it, they are doing the same thing, but they're doing them in different ways and they're, producing the inf they're presenting the information in a different way. But they're essentially trying to do exactly the same thing. So as far as we're concerned, we see a value in doing both and and for as long as the polling and as long as the pollsters are able to ensure that they're producing uh, an accurate result, then then they're useful. Um, if they stop being accurate, then they're no longer useful, and people won't use them. Alrighty. Well, um, just finally, um, do you? Th well, I think you've already actually answered it. Do you think opinion polls are valuable and necessary in reporting this election? Look. They're valuable, and I'll, I'll, they are valuable because you know they do give you a semi-scientific way of figuring out what's going on in the electorate. And I'll give you an I'll give you an example. So everyone would be aware that um, One Nation um, uh, seemed to be back, um, you know, in a big in a big way um, on the um, on the electoral scene. You know, they've managed to get senators into um, into the federal parliament, and and that results being replicated in Western Australia at the moment. And what we've detected is that they're attracting about 10, 11% of the primary vote. Now that's enabled us to pay quite close attention to One Nation and to examine their policies and, and expose them to a, the, some of the same scrutiny that you would apply to the major parties on the basis that they're a very good chance of getting um, the candidates into the parliament and exercising real power. Now, if we weren't able to have that information, then perhaps we would have missed the opportunity to um, expose that party to, to a level of scrutiny um, that we've been able to do. Um, it would only be after the event that you would have found out that on election day they got 10% of the vote and were able to get three or four members elected into the parliament. So from a, from a reporting point of view, um, you know that's that's that polling has enabled us has has influenced our reporting and and I, I think if we didn't have those results we wouldn't have been able to done that have, have done that and I think if we would have got a poorer result for it.
Press Play has been brought to you by News Media Works. Catch up on previous episodes or subscribe by visiting iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or by visiting News Media Works. If you like what you hear, leave a review on your preferred listening platform or get in touch with us on social media at News Media Works. My name is Mackenzie Scott. Thanks for listening.